this is Greg from Photo Culture, and you're listening to Savage by Jay Kelly. Culture podcast, a soccer podcast for us by us. You got Ringo here, you got Grego here. What's up? What's up? What's up? We, hey, Tony couldn't make it with us today, unfortunately, but we're we still reeling from that beatdown that got Florida gave Michigan on Saturday. You know, 41 13, you know, hey, you know, go Gators. Hey, look like he took a sad now. Hey, besides that, what you been up to? Happy New Year's, brother. Hey, cheers to it. Happy New Year's. Man, uh, not too much, man. Uh, just, uh, uh, can we do the, can I do this full time? Because I, I can't stand my job. And yeah, I just, I just want to, like, I, I, I love talking about soccer. So, you know, when I actually got to do, do my regular job, it's like, fuck, I, I can't do it. But other than that, man, I'm, I've been chilling. Hey, trust me, I feel the exact same way. I go back to work tomorrow. I'm not excited. I'm not looking forward to it. But fuck it, we're going to record this episode, enjoy the last day of vacation, drink something a little bit, you know what I mean? Be a little savage out here, you know what I mean? Basically, basically. basically <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 of course, we haven't we haven't recorded since uh, before Christmas, so we got a lot to catch up on, man, uh, both, both here and, and, and abroad, man. Uh uh, first things first, uh, the home team got a head coach. Hey, man. we finally, hey, unlike the U.S. national team, our front <laughs> office, they don't want to wait 400 days to make a decision. Thank God. L- listen, I swear, Frank DeBoer, he got on an airplane on, it was like a Tuesday. He was signed by Tuesday night. Like, he wasn't playing. I mean, you know. I think they took him to V-Live. I think that's what happened. He was like, I'm, I'm sold. He's like, I'm sold on Atlanta. <laughs> hey, it don't, it, don't, it don't take much, man. You, like, so you, you see Love on, on stage, it's like, hey, <laughs> so trust me, I I, I get it. Uh, uh, Frank DeBoer, uh, formerly uh, IX, IX, Ajax. Listen, I did all my homework. It's IX. It's, it's a great team in the Netherlands, right? See, hey, yeah. see, I do my homework. I'm glad you did that. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, he's been with uh, Inter Milan for about maybe five minutes, and, and Crystal Pass for about two minutes. Yeah, yeah, he but, did uh, not last the Palace, but uh, like he, he's, he's got a good resume on on, on his hands, and I uh, I think that he's going to be a good a, a good look for us. Like, what do you think? Honestly, I'm really excited to see. You know, a lot of people say, you know, he's similar to Tata, but it's kind of he's going to play a more possessive game than what Tata kind of played. Which is saying a lot because, I mean, Tata did his thing. He he did. Tata definitely did his thing. So it's going to be interesting to see the swing and dynamic of play that our players are going to hopefully they buy into the system. I mean, that's the that's the only fear I I have. I mean, of course, uh, from everything that that we've seen online, both through Twitter and and Facebook, I think the biggest concern is just more so if if he'll be able to, I guess, maintain the South America pipeline. And I, and I think that while having that is great, because I mean, you know, I think that we've been able to uncover obviously a lot of gems uh, from South America. I think that having him there, it's like it's like taking uh, an idea and taking it mainstream. Right, right, and I think that because I, I do think that with his style of play, it, it will still fit our 
our personnel, you know, whether whether Almiron leaves or not, whether Pity comes comes in or not, you know, I, th- I think that with who we have right now and also who's coming in so far, uh, which we'll be getting at in a second, I, I think that we, we'll, we'll still be in good, pretty good shape. I think this. I think actually it says a lot about how attractive this job is because yeah. we went from going from. Uh, Last month we had Guillermo Barros Colota, like he was pretty much the, the, the hot name. He ended up going to yeah, LA, LA, LA Galaxy. He's in the Galaxy, yeah. And you know, and of course it wasn't like you know, like he ended up he ended up having to go there because we ended up going a different route. So right. like, I think it says a lot about you know where how attractive this job is right now, um, both uh, both here in MLS, obviously, and also just on, on a on a global stage because it's clear that. We're not half stepping with with, how, with with our approach, even as Tata's left. Yeah, no, I really think next season is going to be really fun. There's been a lot of good coach signings around the league. Mm-hmm. A lot of old coaches have come back into the league. A lot of new coaches are coming in here, so it, it's going to be a completely different season. But like, as you know, you know, before we go any further, I just want to shout out Ziggy Schmidt. He passed away over the Christmas holiday. Condolences to his family and friends. Ziggy Smith is a huge pillar to this game, you know, internationally. He's a pillar to this game in MLS. So, you know, shout out to his family. You know, uh, you know uh, just uh, on a quick note to uh, to him, uh, I was thinking about that when he passed away. Um, I think that he's one of the one, probably one of the the one coach in MLS that that probably should have coached on uh, the national team. Yeah. Because so, like you're talking about a guy that that won in college, won in pro, won in um, MLS, and like his his rep has pretty much been been spotless. I think that you know had I granted it's always a case of timing. Yeah, because I think that obviously when when Bob Bradley was fired, he was already knee deep at um at Seattle. So I don't know if he would have taken the uh, taken a job at that time. But I think that you know, just like how, how you're saying, like like having guys that having American coaches, I think that he would have been an absolutely perfect uh, uh, coach uh, for us. And it's, it's it's a shame that he's gone. And it's a shame that he never got that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I like I agree. Like you know, you know. Once again, I don't want to harp on it, the sadness, but you know, heart. You know, shouts out to his family. Condolences to them. You know, it sucks when you lose somebody around the holidays. You know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's 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 absolutely tough. Um, you know, I, I think that you know, I think that he's he, uh, he, being that he's one of those guys that's you know been a foundation of not just MLS but American soccer in general. I think that. He's definitely left American soccer in a mostly better place, at least as far as uh, on on the league side goes. Um, and of course, you know we transition to a new era. Like I said you have you have, of course, um, guys that that that, uh, that he coached and was Coloto coming coming to LA. Like you're, you're having that next generation uh, uh, come in. Yeah. And of course, we have we have big names uh, uh, coming coming in. So. I think that he's he's left the game in in, this, in a good place. Yeah, and so you know, back to DeBoer, Frank DeBoer. His first big test is going to be the Champions League draw. Yeah, down in Costa Rica. So, yeah. 
like we've only really signed like we you know we redid a contract with Parkhurst. I think yeah. We got Parkhurst locked back down. Yeah. You know we we made one signing so far. So it's like really trying to figure out maybe he's happy with the pieces he has or I don't know they're trying to figure out what Miggy's going to do in the summer. I'm not really sure. I mean I think that you know you have you you have good problems right now. Right. That's that, that's the best way I could put. It. Like there there are very good problems to have to where. For the most part, it's not like any, like it's not like like it's a overly aging squad. Like your your oldest guys are Parkhurst and Winterwich, uh, Larry, um, and but for the most part, everyone's young. So it's like okay, we can still develop what we have. Like like the window's still pretty big there. Yeah, um, as far as you know, uh, the ability for this team to compete as is. Of course, you got you still have to figure out what's going to happen as far as. Is me leaving? Is Pete Martinez coming in? How how does that whole uh, transition uh, work out? But I think that, uh, granted, I'm actually happy that they switched the the Champions League schedule the way, the way it is, where it's now all all in one calendar year. Yeah, it's just a matter of course, given where we are right now, like we're we're in a period of transition. So I that's where I'm. That's probably my only real concern right there is that okay. We we don't have that time to really like kind of ease our way into our schedule this year, where uh, you go, you're going right in the Champions League, and of course you, uh, of course the first couple of the schedules uh, came out. We, we started we started on uh, DC United, uh, like then, then uh, we played FC Cincinnati as, as our um, home opener. So they made two easy games. Hey, like Cincy is a new team, but the signing they made like yeah. it's going to be a tough little first two games for Atlanta United. So. It's going to be a test for Frank. Like, you know, I just hope the fans, you know, I hope we don't look at Arsenal fans even think that's how we should act (laughs) (laughs) at all. You know, hopefully we can help let Frank build the team. You know, hopefully everything's fine. You know, hopefully we don't run into any issues like we did last year in the first game. Yeah. So, you know, it's good. But, you know, but as we talk about signings, you know, anything else you want to talk about, Frank? Yeah. uh, Of course, we uh, we got in – the the Brecken, uh, Brecken <laughs> Brecken Shea. the Breckenshire, hey the Wonderkin. I'm telling you the mellow of MLS, Breck Shea. He's coming to Atlanta, man. Y'all better keep that dude out of low five. That's all I gotta say, man. Uh, Breck Shea I, I, is I gonna think, go crazy in the city. Um, <laughs> honestly, when the, when the news first came out uh, that he was on his way here, uh, I I'm very curious about about this move because of course anyone that's that's followed. Either the national team or MLS know that uh, at least as far as like the early part of Jurgen Klinsmann's run with the national team, like Breck Shea figured it in very prominently. Like like he actually scored the winning goal to in the uh, twenty, at least the twenty uh, 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 thirteen Gold Cup yeah. against Panama, and like for a while, like he was he was getting up there, and then all of a sudden, like he went to England, he went over to Stoke, and did basically just shit the bed up over there. I don't think he even got even one game over there. Yeah, and then came um, came back to MLS. He's been in Orlando, been in um, Vancouver, yeah. and it's not like like he hasn't played. I just think that you know, like you reach a point where it's like your game isn't really getting that much better. So obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of concerns as far as whether or not he'll be able to contribute here. I actually do think that uh, having a guy like Frank DeBoer and and his type of uh, tactical um, scheme actually works for a guy like uh, 
like Shea where like he because he can work left wing, he can work left uh, left back. Uh, so he has that that personal versatility to where you know he he can he can be pretty serviceable. It's just a matter of like, can you get that out of him to where he's locked in? Because of course the the overriding knock on him is that you know he's basically just basically aloof and the flake and you know doesn't really take the game as seriously as someone of his of his stature probably should. So, you know, I, I, I kind of disagree there when it comes to Breck Shea. I really think Breck Shea is going to fit our system, the way he plays. So he's a good substitute for Garza, right? Mm-hmm. So he playing on I, the wing. I, him I, think and, I think it's a good statement for, uh, for Bell. It I, is. I, I do think that given DeBoer's history, like he, he does have a strong history of promoting from within so that definitely – you know, leaves a lot of potential for guys like Bello and Carlton and Kunga and even uh, Goslin. I think that um, I think that they'll definitely get um, as, much, um, as much of an opportunity as possible to work their way into, yeah. into the team. Um, but at the same time, of course, if, if those if those uh, opportunities don't work out, that's where a guy like Shane will come in. And so they're like, hey, you know, and until you can be more consistent, you know, we yeah. have got that, that that can fill in that spot. Yeah, see, I think so, so. That's why I think they signed Shea is because maybe Frank feels like Bello is he's there, he's knocking at the door, almost ready. But it's good to have that depth between the two oh, playing absolutely. that same position because Breck Shea and Gressel playing on the wings together, I think that's dangerous as hell. So I mean, that draws defenders out to the wings, it draws them out wide. So that frees that kind of frees. Miggy from getting beat up in the middle a little bit. Everyone's still going to chase Miggy and Martinez down, but now you have a double threat on both sides. Yeah. Before we only were a threat on the right, now we're a threat on the right and the left on the wings. So, like, it's, hopefully Shea's going to come in and get bought into the system. I was afraid that Nagby was going to come over here and not fit into the system, and I mean, he did. So, yeah. I really think, like, we have a good locker room, and it's good that we tied Parkhurst down because, yeah. you know, he has that reputation here in the league. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just a testament on MLS, how our free agency system is growing is more like Breck Shea is a free agent. Like, come on. Like, that's tight. It's like where the league is getting to a point where guys we know are becoming free agents. So, yeah. you know, that's it's good and exciting. It, it's crazy because, like, it, when everything was announced, I was like, one, he's he's still just 28. So I think that that's one of the, that's one of the positives there is that he's still, with you know, well within this window to where, you know, he's not he's not over, over yet. Right. So, like I said, I think it's just a matter of uh, tapping into him. And like I said, if he, if he can lock in, you know, and stay away from Claremont and Little Five and and Club Wax and all that stuff, hey, he should be good. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. So, we'll see. Let us know. Hit us up on the comments on FTC, UTD, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Let us know what you think about Breg Shea. Thumbs up, thumbs down on that. Well, I mean, like, like I said, it's it's it's, it's kind of weird when you, like I said, of course, it's it's off season here, so you know, you like I know you've been watching a lot of uh, Premier League. I, I've been trying to to catch up uh, um, here and there. I actually did go out to uh, to Brew House um, on Sunday to uh, caught up with the Man United supporters. Uh, cause I know they uh, they meet up there. Uh, they of course the uh, Man United played Bournemouth. Uh, on on Sunday and the the OGS air is strong. Hey, I'm telling you, three and zero, three and zero. Hey, Shola, hey, Shola is getting it done. He should get the job. Like, 
Like, he should get the job. I feel like the front office wants a flashy name, but this guy is working. And he's bringing the cult. Remember what I said before? He's bringing the culture back to the club. And that's true because I think that, you know, having a guy that knows that knows that, that old Sir Alex regime and how – uh, the team used to play during during uh, during that time. I think definitely goes a long way as far as just I think just the overall vibe and and except the culture are, are around the club because like you, you're definitely seeing much more attacking. You know you're seeing even though we keep on giving up that 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 one goal each game. I'm like hey you know we're like we're we're scoring and just like how I've said like in, in previous episodes, given the amount of talent that's there. You know, especially in, in the in the attack, you know, there's no reason why they shouldn't be scoring two, three, four games um, a game, and that's what you're seeing. Like you're seeing, you're seeing like, and, and the crazy thing about it, like you haven't really seen uh, Lukaku or or even Sanchez. No, hey, where is Sanchez? Like, hey. I, I think he's supposed to be getting in. Um, um, and for the next game, but like for the most part, like like you've had three straight games and you haven't even had to call him off the bench. Let me tell you, Sanchez in the upside down bar, man. Ain't nobody seen Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. But yeah, like you said, it's exciting. We have the pieces for attack. Yes, man. You know Manchester United. We have our problems in defense. It's been that way for a while, mm-hmm. but. It seems like, you know, Sholazar has uh, – he's given the players kind of their – he just said, go have fun. Yeah. You know, you can't play, you know, football. You can't play soccer if you're not having fun. Under the Mourinho era, it just seemed like he sucked all the fun. Like he would walk in the locker room and kick the damn iPod over and say, fuck your music. We ain't listening to nothing. And the players, they showed it on their face. And as soon as he left, I mean, Rashford scorned. I mean, um, Paul, Paul back. Like, Pogba's back. Pogba is back to his old self. Like, he's having fun out there. He, he's, I mean, it's it's great to see the team. And you can see it amongst the fans here in the States. You can see it amongst the fans in Manchester. Like, they're like, this is what we want to see in our team. Yeah. It's like, if we're not competing for the title, at least show the flashes of what we used to be. Yeah, because, you know, this is a very important year, of course. We talked about it before where you've had, you have a lot of players on the team right now that are going into a contract year. And, you know, you actually you want to if you want to try to at least retain at least even half of those guys, you have to put them in a position where it's like, like hey, we're on our we're, we're building something positive here and and we believe in you. Yeah. And I think that, you know, having Mourinho finally out, out the door and having a coach that, you know, I said allows those players to to play more free and be able to uh to do the thing goes goes a long way and you know Pogba is like he's basically been a, been a brand new um person it's like like this is why we spent all this money for this guy yeah and like he's definitely like he's had a new lease on life he's saying like hey like this can like this can basically be be my team and you know, like like he he showed up and 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 basically been, been the leader that I think that he's always been capable of being. Yeah, so you know he's um, Ole Solazar is still he's still the the interim manager for the club. Uh, I think next week we're going to FA Cup break in mm-hmm. um, in England, so uh, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how he seems building. You know, he's still let's see how he performs. I think we have a uh, I think there's a Manchester Derby coming up in. Uh, 
I think late January, early February, I think. Is is that yeah. what it is? Yeah. So they play uh, Manchester United still has Champions League. Yeah. So they have some tough games there in the Champions but, League. You know, um, but, but, I mean, they haven't had, he hasn't had a real test yet. Like I said, I think yeah, like his first real test is, I think, against PSG is his first real test. Yeah, probably. But I mean, you know, we, we I know, you, you, like, you know us, like, we're, we're, we're a couple of homers away from home when it comes to May United. But I've been, you know, we've been, we've been avoiding this issue for, for a minute. But it's, I think we have to finally address it. What's up? Um, Liverpool. Yeah, they uh Liverpool is listen is 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 doing their thing. They might this could be their year. Listen, they might be real. You know what? I remember two years ago when Leicester City was sitting right where Liverpool is right now. And everyone was like, they're gonna fall apart. They're gonna fall apart after the you know, after the January window closes. Yeah. I don't know. I think Klopp has figured the prim out. He has the pieces he needs. Mm-hmm. And then if he's missing something, he I'm pretty sure they've given him the checkbook to say, sign whoever the hell you need to get this job done. I mean, but, right, right now everything is just is running so smoothly. Like, I mean, like you smack you smack Arsenal five one. Yeah. Listen. So, and whooping. They gave them a hey, took them behind the shed and gave them a whooping. Like Emery's confidence is shot at Arsenal. Because like you like shot how, after you, that game. Like how do you go from twenty two unbeaten to like I think they've lost like three of their last four at least. Yeah. And you know it's just been like like a like a free fall all of a sudden to where you know it's 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 it's, it's been it's been shocking to see. But I mean I think even more shocking is just simply you know. Like how confident Liverpool has been, um, been playing the past. Uh, I said the past, probably the past month or so. Yeah, and you know, like you know, obviously injuries can happen. You know, somebody might stub their toe and in, in, uh, going to the bathroom, something like that. But if everyone's healthy, you know, I really have a hard time seeing like who exactly. Well, be of course they they do have uh, uh, Man City next next uh, this weekend, so that's going to be a very big game. Is it Thursday? Oh yeah, that's yeah, they, yeah. They play a couple days from now, so that's going to be a big test. You know, I'm pretty sure he's gonna he's gonna get it done because City is they're imploding on themselves. Yeah, yeah. Like they they, they slipped up. They've been slipping up quite a quite a bit lately. Uh, they lost to Leicester. Uh, I think it was on on, on on Boxing Day. I'm pretty sure everyone's healthy. Right? That's the yeah, thing about yeah. City is like they don't have the excuses they've had in years past where people have been hurt. My my thing is always with with Man, with Man City has always been, you know, they rarely like each time that they've won the league. They slip up the next year, like like this is. I think it's for them. It's very hard to maintain that intensity past past a year, basically. Yeah, and I think that um, you know, for as good as they are, um, I think you know, keeping that focus, you know, year after year after year is is tough for them because like some some teams are able to do that because you know, they have that particular standard like you know teams like like Barcelona and Bayern and Juve like they they they've gone on you know back to back to back and all that stuff but 
you know, and of course even Man United's done that. But I think as far as Man City, like I, I think that for as much as they tried to invest in in, uh, in their squad, I think that just having that general mentality is like okay, this year's done. We have to move on to next season and 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 treat us as though it's it's a, a brand new slate. Yeah, and you know it's, it seems like you know. Like right now, it's just not there, and you have to wonder, like, like what exactly, you know, what exactly happened? Because, like I said, it's, it's not a case of injuries. You know, like they're still they're still relatively all intact, and it's just it's just not quite working. Yeah, yeah. It, I think I really don't know. Only closest person I think can stop Liverpool is Tottenham. Like it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like Liverpool is they, they, both they keep, they keep stopping themselves. I think that's the problem. Yeah. I, that's the thing. It's like Tottenham. They will run. You know, they'll mess it up for themselves. But like they've been on a run that's really impressive. Like like you know, Pochettino. He's really calm right now. He's getting the shit done. You know, right now they're sitting second in the table behind Liverpool at forty eight points. Liverpool has fifty four points. Mm-hmm. Tottenham has an easier stretch. For the rest of the season, compared to Liverpool, so it, it, it like like I kind of said, I think in the last episode, I think I said it's Liverpool's league to lose. It is. Everyone is chomping at the heels of them. Mm-hmm. You know, right now they're kind of you know they're up to they're up standing up to kneecaps right now over everyone else. Yep. So it's up to them if they want to go ahead and go head and shoulders above everybody, mm-hmm. or you know they're gonna make this a race. I would love it to be a you know four horse race till the end. Yeah, I would love that, but you know. I don't. I really don't know. Like, you stop Mo. I think if Mo Salah stops fucking falling in the box and getting these penalties, like, I cannot wait until VAR comes to the Premier League because some of these fucking falls he's been doing has been blowing my mind. Like, it's crazy. You know, it's it's, it's funny though because uh, with the fact that they don't have VAR. In, in England, it's coming. Like, like they're like they're it's able to get away. <laughs> <laughs> they're able to get away with so much there, and you know, because like like you go back ten years ago with Auto, uh, and Rep was always like dives all the way. You go to you go to Madrid, like that 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 reputation goes away. Yeah, I think that is definitely an issue um, in England where it's like. Like you're able to basically get get away with if you even I breathe on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna be like, ah, ah, my knee. But see, that's it's it's bad. Like I, you know, I say it's bad as a fan to you know watch that shit goes down because mm-hmm. you really want to watch like a real hard fought gritty game. Like if mm-hmm. it's a if if it's a tackle that legit someone should go down, they should go down. But I really wish some of these players would you know stand up, like take the tackle. You know, I don't want to sound like an old man. It's like back in my day, you know, you know, you know what? Though? I think that it's a consequence. It's a it's an effect of the people who know. Uh, uh, the EPL know that it's, it's generally a pretty physical league. Yeah. So I think that because it's so physical, what you end up uh, uh, getting is, you know, like I said, you're able to basically embellish it any, any time possible because they know that, hey, it's, it's gonna, you're going to get a uh, foul card. And, you, of course, if you're in the box, you're you're going to get a penalty. Right. And, you know, I, I I'm not sure what exactly it would take for 
for them to curb. Of course, obviously VAR could help yeah. in, um, in that regard. But um, I think as far as just um, – I think it's getting rid of that general attitude where or where you feel like you have to dive in order to uh, could, get, a, get a call. I think that's, that's the, uh, the big thing that – you know, you, you you have to figure out like how to how to how to how to solve that that particular issue. I just hope like the refs, you know, kind of the referees, like put it, if if VAR doesn't stop it, I really hope that refs kind of put a you know a stop on it. You know, that's kind of the thing that I'm really hoping happens with it. But we'll see when VAR. I think it goes live next season. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. But I mean, you know, I think that. Um, you know, going into, of course, you know, you've had, you had Boxing Day. Or of course, you had uh, games today. You have games uh, later on in the week. Yeah. I think that what you um, – right now you're going into a pretty thick stretch, you know, over the holiday season to where, you know, like by the time the transfer window um, closes at the, at the end of the month, of course, we, like the, it just opened up the day. So I think that – what what you're definitely going to see is you know you're definitely going to see some um, some moves made to where um, it'll definitely shape how the end of season goes. Of course, you already have one big rumor that's uh, that's uh, coming about, but uh, with our with our main man Christian Pulisic, uh, like I've heard Arsenal, I've heard Chelsea, I've heard uh, Liverpool. Like our, our our guys definitely going to be moving. It's a matter of where and when. Yeah, I, I really think this transfer is going to happen for the kid. Um, he's done great things out in the Bundesliga, but you know everybody's dream is to play in England. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially you know every white kid's dream is to be in England, and I really think it's going to happen. I think his his yeah. uh, you know I think his agent's going to get the deal done. I think that he I think that he's matured enough. To I think he's matured physically enough to where he could handle uh, EPL plays. I think that uh, when he first broke uh, broke out at uh, at Dortmund, you know, a seventeen year old kid probably is not going to be uh, able to handle most EPL play. Like that's why like you don't really see a lot of teen, teen, um, young teenagers really get in like that. Yeah, I think like he's just I think he's twenty now, so like no. like he's had, he's had a couple years under his belt to where you know he could probably handle the physicality of uh, England. I think it's a matter of depending on on your options, like what's the best fit for him. Cause I think that um, what you obviously. Especially when it comes to the to top teams in England, like they can afford basically whoever. So, yeah. so, so it's really a matter of which one really works for him. I think if out of everyone that's that um, that the rumors are going towards, I think that Arsenal will actually be probably the best fit for him. I think that you obviously they they need more um, more help in attack, and I think that just given his general versatility, where he can work either as a 10 or at, or at the wing, you know, you have options for him to where, you know, you can figure out like which role work out best for him. Yeah. It, it would be good. I agree. I agree. Arsenal would be a good, a good place for him to go. I would love for him to go to um, selfishly, like go to Liverpool, mm-hmm. you know, play under Klopp. You know, I think that will make him a better player for the national team mm-hmm. and to be in a race there. But I just, they don't have, I don't think they need, 
what he offers. I think they have that covered. I think I think that Liverpool is like they're they're straight in, in attack. So it's like yeah. like, like basically like if he went there, you basically it would basically be a lateral move to what he's already dealing with right now. Yeah. Because right now, you know, for as good as he is, like he's he's not even a regular in the eleven right now um, at Dortmund. So you know, I, I think that if he went to Liverpool, you know. Especially given where they are right now, it's like I don't think they would really interrupt their flow right now yeah. to work in a new player. So that that might you know stall his his general um, uh, progression. Or you know pick him up and then even more selfish loan him to Newcastle. Play with Yedlin. Let's build that relationship for the national team. Pull a sick right there. Yedlin on fullback. Ooh, that'd be tough. Wish, I would not wish Newcastle on anybody. <laughs> I'm like it's bad enough that Yellen's there. Of course, granted he's playing, he's, he's playing pretty decently um, in most cases. But for the most part, like nah, you got to stay away from that. We side. we should really do an episode about the championship and how the championship should be the proving ground for U.S. national team players. It'd be a good topic to talk about, and I really think that is a place we talk about how the German league, you know, but the German league is getting more TV money, so they're able to afford more expensive players. They're getting more TV money, but nobody's watching. That's the problem. They, yeah, so I don't know where the money's coming from but the, the tv contracts every time they talk about it it's like damn who is watching the bonus league no, so, we, we got we got a little bit of time that shit fuck it let's <laughs> do it live let's fucking do it live i think that um that what what you have because like actually let's 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 take it back a couple of years uh back when cleansman was was with the national team what you um i think the perception of the championship championship at that time was that you had a certain hierarchy in here. Of course, you obviously had the, the big five leagues, Italy, France, Spain, England, and Germany. And I think that Klinsmann, when he was in charge, had a hierarchy that, you know, if you were playing in, in these leagues, you were at, at the top of uh, at, uh, the depth chart uh, on the national team. Yeah. From there, you had... That's that's the top five leagues, and then from there you have Mexico is at six, and I, I want to say uh, MLS is probably like seventh or eighth because like, like even like when he was in charge, like you had guys that were in the second level Bundesliga that were um, getting call ups, and I think below that, probably like around ninth or tenth, was probably the championship. Like like he didn't really rate the championship level at all. Like, like that's why you never saw guys like Tim Ream get a lot of call-ups uh, with Danny Williams when he was on the national um, – when he uh, moved uh, from Germany to England, he was playing the championship. Uh, he wasn't getting that many call-ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also when, when Yetlin uh, first came over, when he got first got signed by Spurs and then he got loaned over to Newcastle. Once he got loaned over to Newcastle, uh, the the call-ups, like they they slow down for a little bit. I think that uh, I think for what uh, the championship offers, I do think that is definitely a, um, a good proving ground for America. Just for the fact that anyone who's watched the championship, um, of course, you you have 24, 24 teams in, um, in the league. The top three teams. Well, the top team gets automatically promoted, and then the I think it's places second through four. It's four. They do a playoff. They do a playoff, and just a general grind that it takes not only to to uh, get promoted, but also to avoid relegation down the league one. Uh, I think that um, it's it. 
those that type of grind would definitely serve a team well um, for a national team because you know what it's like to where you're basically fighting four years professional life. Yeah, like have you watched um, Summerlin Till I Die yet? Yeah, and like that. If you haven't checked out that podcast, I mean, that not that podcast, that Netflix original. It's it's great. It really just shows like falling to the championship. It's either you can you figure it out really quickly and you bounce back, or you disappear. And that's kind of what happened to Sunderland. Sunderland has fallen out of the championship, and that's how. I mean, if you think about it, it's a cage match down there. Yeah, everybody's within within less of five points from each other. One wrong game, you're done. You're you're not going anywhere. You're spending another season championship. Or you're hello. You're looking at League One. Yeah, you know, and and that's why I'm. I really hope that you know. I would. I really hope that uh, American players would go there if they say they want to go to England. Say, hey, I want to go to the Championship. Give me a club. I'm pretty sure a lot of them will take them. They'll pay them a decent wage, mm-hmm. and then they can actually show the bigger teams in Europe. Say, hey, I know what I'm doing. Somebody can pick them up. Yeah, I think that I just wish they showed the Championship more on TV over here. Like you got to go um, find it. You, you got. I, th- I want to say it's on. It's on ESPN three. So you got it's under subscription now. It used to be yeah. free. I know it used to be on BN. I think BN Sports, and uh, yeah, it probably is on like ESPN three and ESPN plus. Yeah. Um. I, but yeah, definitely. Uh, just just to go go back on something until I die. Like first of all, that just that whole series. Like that's like a that was a slow, slow, slow burn because <laughs> like you're going from one you you just got relegated to to the championship. Yeah, and then. What you you're, what you're basically wrestling with is you're trying to you know build, build a build a new squad up uh, that's able to compete and either stay where they're at or at least or go ahead and get uh, get promoted back to the champ to the Premier League, but um, you have an owner that ultimately said like a, like we're not going to invest uh, any funds into uh, this squad, yeah. which basically re- restricts your ability to compete even more, especially as. Players that were loaned out, they get sent back. Uh, you're not able to afford people on their wages. Like, like um, I remember uh, Jack Rodwell when he was actually when he was at Everton and he signed over at Man City. And I remember at the time, like, like everybody's like, like, you got signs, man. Like, like he's gonna, he's gonna be, he's gonna be the one. And of course, this was back when Man City was just was just spending. Ridiculous money and, Break, and breaking financial fair play. And basically, like you hardly ever saw. Him. Yeah, and like so, then he moves over to Sunderland, and like they they said during, during the series, like he was clocking seventy k a week. Yeah, so you're talking about a guy that's getting quap. Yeah, a lot of quap. And when you when you get down to the championship uh, in England, it's not the same as as the Premier League, where like they're not rolling in cash like that. And so they tried to get him to move on elsewhere. He said, "Nah, I'm gonna go ahead and get and, you know, get, get, get my paper and, and chill because he didn't even play last year. Like I, I, I looked up uh, the other day, like he only had like like three appearances at, at for the whole season. I'm like, and it wasn't like you know because they they covered injuries. Like he was it wasn't the case like where he was injured. He just which is in some other spaces. Catching a check, and, yeah. And, you, and he couldn't figure it out. Um, I know he's moved on. Since, um, he moved on after uh, the season last year. But, like, you know, when you have those situations where, uh, 
you know, you're trying to stay up. Um, I mean, we should really do a PR episode. We should really do it. We, we, but, uh, but, uh, we should one day. <laughs> but, uh, I think that uh, you see those situations and you're just like, like how like, that was just painful to watch. It, like it is, it is, it, it's, it's painful to watch that, but it's, that's the thing that they need to show over here to those fucking zealots over here that say pro real is what we need in America because you slowly watch a big team die yeah. because they can't afford to compete. You know, you can have the spirit, you can have the fight. Yes, the spirit and fight can get you to the next level. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you lose that, you could slowly see the team die. And that's kind of what slow, Southern Until I Die. It, the, the double entendre in the name was like, it's dope. Southern used to be one of the biggest teams in England. Yeah. And then they're just slowly falling apart. Like, I think they're kind of mid-bottom table of League One right now. Yeah. Um. So it's like just watching them slowly die. That's what I loved about that. Um. I will say that, like, you know, for me being a huge um, um, guy for for PR in the States, it definitely gave me a different uh, perspective that I didn't already have. And that goes to show you that, you know, when uh, a team's ability to, uh, to compete only goes as far as the ability of or the willingness of an owner to invest in that team. Yeah. And when you have a guy that uh, Martin Bain, I think was, I think Martin Bain was the owner and um, cause that they've sold the team since then. Yeah. Um, when you have those, uh, those guys, when you don't invest, it only makes that climb, not even just to, to get promoted, but just to stay where they were at. Um, but it, it made it that much harder. Cause you know, for as, as much as they, you know, they, they had the right attitudes, they had the right, um, you know, spirit, I guess you could say. But, you know, when you're stripped down of, like, your your top two strikers leave, you know, you, you're you down to one goalkeeper, you know, like, your, your best midfielder's um, injured and then he gets arrested for drunk driving and he gets released, like, like, those things start to add up. It, it, it does, and it, it, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Um, you know, there's gonna be people in the comments talking about those random people that watch League One. Sunderland's in third in League One. They're sitting at 50 points behind Luton Town and Portsmouth. So you know, but that's the thing. You know, not to get on the pro real conversation without Coach Shoney. That's the thing that people fail to always talk about is the relegation. It's you know everyone wants promotion. That's the that's the trophy. It's, you know, Kanye, the highlights and lowlights. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Promotion is a highlight, but no one talks about those lowlights. Yeah. It's like when the relegation, you the, the guy that cleans the boots, you got to let him go. He's the spirit. He makes everybody laugh. Everybody's happy to come in. Mm-hmm. You got to let him go. The person that cleans the toilet, you know, is let go. So the shit on the toilet. Mm-hmm. So you walk in into the club every fucking practice and someone has shit on the toilet. A grown man can't wipe his ass. And that shit demoralizes you because like the thing is people you have to afford to pay the wages to the players yeah. the players are what brings people to the stands to pay tickets to help the team fund getting to the next level mm-hmm. but see that's the thing about in the relegation thing you start losing those those cultural pieces in there and that's that's how the teams slowly start to die and that's when an ownership group either says fuck it i'm out and they sell the team yeah. Or they just say, fuck it, I'm just going to keep making money as long as I can. This is just a side project of mine. Yeah, I think that, 
you know, obviously sports ownership in general, you know, people get in, into ownership for different reasons, you know, whether it be just for the competition, whether it be, you know, they actually try to make some money, uh, all, all of that. Um, but when, you know, the team that you buy ends up, you know, not performing the way that you hoped, you know, whether it be on, you know, just for, by dumb luck or just for the fact that, you know, you have an investment in the team. Right. I think that what you, uh, the, the capitalist, the capitalist part of me when it comes to promotion relegation, it's like, like, Hey, the strong, the only the strong survive. And, yeah. if, and if you're not going to do what it takes to build a competitive team, Hey, that's, you should be relegated. At the same time, of course, you see, you saw in the, in, uh, in that in that series where how many people that that relegation affects. You know what? Mm-hmm. You know not just like within the the staff um, at at Sunderland, but of course, obviously the community because you're you're dealt, you're dealing with a city that had fallen on 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 dark times. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's no different than like a like a like Columbus, yeah. To where you your your main industry falls apart. People are out of jobs, and you go to your basically your your refuge is is your club. Yeah, and you know you end up that shit will kill a community. It can. It, it, it will kill a community. Well, I don't want to get deep into it. We'll do a we'll, we'll do a whole episode on it. Like I said, I'm anti pro rail because I feel like. In America, we definitely gave me a, a new perspective that I hadn't considered before. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad. Come to the dark side, brother. Come to the come to the. Tell it, tell it. But speaking of Columbus, um, the, the deal's finally done on Darren. The the, the the crew is officially saved. The crew is saved. That's uh, true. Bill Haslam of the, of the of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he bought the team from uh, pre court and. Uh, so that's finally out the way. Now they just got to figure out, you know, how how to bring that down the club back. Because I mean, thankfully they have a pretty decent squad available to them, and um, you know, I think that um, uh, of course they, I think they they've made the um, the hiring official. I know like uh, Caleb Porter was supposed to be getting hired, but I don't know if they. I, I think they're probably waiting. Now that this is done, the, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think Caleb Porter is done and dusted. From what I understand, that's why L.A. Galaxy hired Scaloto because they were L.A. Galaxy was trying to under uh, undercut Porter on the offer, and Porter was like, "Fuck that," uh, you know. He's like, "I've won MLS Cup, y'all can suck my dick." <laughs> it was kind of his attitude, so he was like, "I'm out." So he went to Columbus. But what's dope though? It, well, I actually always expected for him to go back to. Ohio in general because, like, yeah. of course, he he uh, he coached at Akron, which yeah. was in Ohio. So, but I didn't realize that that FC Cincinnati ended up ended up keeping their um their coach from USL, Alan Coke. So I was shocked about that. So they so basically they only left the Columbus job available uh, for for hire. So I think that him going back to uh, um, back to Ohio will actually be pretty good for him. Um, it's good for Porter. It's good for Porter. It's good for Columbus, and it's yeah. good for the crew. That whole yeah. situation, because you know MLS made um, the Hasley Group fund a stadium project. 
Yeah. So they're going to bring a, Colum- a stadium in downtown Columbus. I've seen renderings of it. So, you know, hashtag stadium porn. It's going to look nice. And, but I it's, wish it was a bigger. Because, like, here, here's my thing there. It, it is. It is very conservative stadium. It is. Well, it, it's not just, you know, not just with them, but I think for a lot of um, teams who come out with um, with stadiums now, um, you know, like, either you have – uh, basically, you have two tiers. You have one that that stays at or or below twenty thousand, and then you have those that kind of go above twenty five thousand. Yeah, it's like um, uh, uh, Minnesota United's new stadium. Like they're, I think they're going at twenty six. Uh, Nashville's new stadium. I think they're going like close to thirty thousand. So yeah, um, I think that you know for a team like for a team like Columbus that uh, Bay Rise is day one. And granted, like I looked at their numbers the past few years, I think they were only averaging like fifteen thousand. But I'm like, you know, if you really are behind your team like that, then oh, it's only that small. Okay, yeah. Um, I think that you know you should want to you know try to get as many people in as possible and show, hey, like this is this is the next generation of. Uh, this it, team, it, you know, I agree with you there. A lot of the new stadiums are coming in. It, it's kind of it's, it's scary. It's soft. It's conservative. It's like they're afraid to accept that soccer is made in the United States. Like twenty thousand stadium, Minnesota stadium is like it's nineteen thousand. It's a little under twenty thousand. Um, you know, it, it's conservative, but it's in the right direction by putting the stadium in the city because yeah. Portland Portland stadium only set. 18,000 and they've already expanded it one time and they're already in the works to expand it again so you know start small and but at least build the infrastructure around it that you're able to make the stadium expandable did we ever get on no yeah yeah we did get on on um, portland and they're bitching about atlanta and everything so like like i'm like real talk if if you only can fit maybe twenty three thousand in your state. Mike, like, don't come at us about that shit. Like, man, I'm telling you, mice amongst men. Hey, Portland fans, I get it. You like, guys, like are you set the standard. Like, like, cause here's my thing. Uh, and I read, I read all the articles until like each one got that taken down, and I'm like, you have to understand that there's different ways for supporter success in this country. Whether it's you know Portland, whether it's Seattle, where whether it's L A, whether it's um, Atlanta, whether it's Columbus, I think that you know every everybody has a different flavor. Like 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 I've been getting on for the past month or so. Like like everybody had everybody's culture has a different flavor. Yeah, and obviously with as diverse as this country is, you you can't expect for everyone to basically have a bunch of. You can't be expect for someone in in Atlanta to be. Full of flannel and chin beers that they are in Portland, it's right? Work, <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing. I don't want to talk about it. You know, like like you know, Queen Michelle said. You know, when they go low, we go high. So you know, did you get a did you get a ticket for um for, for Michelle when she comes here? I tried. I'm still trying. I, I really want to see her. I, I bought her book. I really want to see her. But I, I bought her book both on Audible and I, and I got a hardcover. So that's that's the love. Is that's right. real. That's real. But like talking about them in Portland, you know, like you said, they were the standard bearers on how supporter culture can be in this country. Yeah. The thing is, they are the they're that high school senior that was the man back in high school, <laughs> and like now he's like thirty five, balding, still wears his Letterman jacket, gut out, and he still thinks he's the man. 
You know, and I mean, that's you, that's you, the you, timbers. You're managing your own way by black skin. Like, there's there's more than one way to 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 do this. Yeah, and it, but the Atlanta way is the right way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, Portland doesn't have to have you know the the strobe lights and and the and the retractable dome. Like, hey, that's cool. Like I said, you do things your way. We got we like I said, what works for. What works for Portland is for Portland. What works for Atlanta is for Atlanta. Yeah. You know, like, we, like we can't expect for Miami to do things the same way that that, that we do. Like everyone has to work shit out their um their own way. And you know, as long as they're reaching out to the the core of their um, fan base, you know, when the fans show up, you know, hey, the more the merrier. Yeah, and, you know, and that's the thing. You know. We shouldn't hate on each other in this league, you know, especially how big this country is. Like, it's it's too fucking big for a country on the West Coast to be hating, you know, the way they do. Like, go hate Seattle. Like, like, yeah, like, we good over here. Yeah, like, like we're straight. You know, we're building. We're we're building. The South is building. Chattanooga is coming in. Not Chattanooga, Nashville. I mean, I'm sorry, Nashville. I hope Chattanooga. That'd be awesome. Nashville's coming in. Miami's coming in. That's gonna be exciting for 2019. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess, you know, you want to talk about the exciting of 2019? Like, what do you, you know, how do you feel about MLS 2019? Um, I am very, actually, it's going to be a very interesting year, I think, in general, because now that you have the cloud over uh, U.S. soccer is kind of at least lightened up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think that you'll have a clearer direction as far as, um, like how that team is going to be built in the course, and that will ultimately affect MLS. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think in that regard, it, it'll it'll be interesting. Of course, you have the Gold Cup this year. You have Copa America this year, and so I, I think that this will be a very important building block year, just for for American soccer in general. Of course, you have uh, USL there. there They'll be like in year one of, of their new structure of championship. Um, Ooh, league one and league yeah. two. Is that on ESPN three? Right. Um, I'm have to subscribe because I, I really want to watch. I think they are because yeah. I, like, I know they've had um, they've had an existing yeah. uh, deal with them. So I'm hoping that uh, we'll be able to see uh, see more we, of them. Like I know we should all pick a team in USL championship. In like maybe once a month, like we just talk about that. I'll take the battery, you know. I don't, I don't mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna put that out there. But I think it'll be fun, and it will get our fans to start thinking about it, talking about it, because that's how you grow the game. Is you start getting yeah. people watching it, and you know, talking about it, having kind of a little bit of skin in the game. So that'd be, I think it'd be fun to talk free, about. Free the cosmos. <laughs> free the cosmos. R.I.P. They're gonna go down with the ship. But I think that you know. Obviously, with with, cause with with what we try to do here, obviously we're trying to ex- expose the game not just from a, a race point of view, like for exposing like for for black fans, but also just in a general standpoint. Because you know, a lot of people think that you know it's just MLS. I'm like, no, like there's a pretty big landscape out here yeah. that uh they're professional players like explaining that to people like hey no there's guys in like cities that are professional like phoenix has professional players and yeah. like people are like whoa because a lot of people think the lower leagues are semi-pro no no and like they're professional players it's just they don't get the exposure and like that's kind of what me and your, our mission is expose not only the game to black folks but, like you said expose it to everybody else you know and i'm hoping that you know that's just 
I, I've been teasing it for 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 a little while now. You know, like we'll, we'll be you know traveling a lot a lot more this year. Um, hopefully, you know. Ringo's wife and kids will let him, you know, come out more. I've already got the hall pass. I'm out there. <laughs> Team Nil Nilly. But uh, I think that, you know, I know first is we're going to be doing uh, Memphis uh, in March. Uh, we actually have a pretty quick turnaround because the, yeah. the, their home opener and then the Atlantic United home opener is like based on the same weekend. So yeah. we got we like, yeah, that, that, that ride back, we'll be like, yep, time to go. <laughs> it's going to be tough. But hey, it's going to be fun, though. It's going to be good stories. So any of our Memphis fans out there, like, let's stay, let's get in contact. Let's start building, linking Love and City, building. What's up? Love City, what's Yo, up? Yo, let's do it, you know. Oh. But I, I'm really excited about 2019. Like, it, you know how you kind of said it's going to be a building year. Are, are, are you that girl that's, that's leaving everything behind in 2019? Oh, that's me. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm leaving my bags. I got Portland. I got Red Bulls. I got NYCFC in the bag. I'm stepping up to, you know, bigger teams. You know what I mean? But, like, 2019 is going to be fun. I really think, you know, because we had a great year in 18 in um, MLS. And I really think, especially with the way Atlanta United did what they did this year, it's brought a lot of people to the game that has never watched it. And I really think they're going to watch it and start to enjoy the teams mm-hmm. and start getting involved. Especially, I mean, betting is coming to America. So once you put money on the line, I mean, more and more people are going to be involved in it. I think that, you know, like my, my hope is, you know, with American soccer just in general is that, you know, every team is able like, just like it's like, like you don't have to be like Atlanta United, but at the same time, like I, I feel like if if you can succeed in Atlanta, you can you can succeed anywhere. Yeah, and I think that you know hopefully teams will take the initiative and be like, hey, you know let's let's do a better job of reaching out to you know our 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 community and say, hey, like we like we want you you know at at our games. Yeah, and. That way, you know, you won't see like you know it'll be like August and won't nobody come come to games because it's either too hot or it's just too too out the way. And like, like I, I want everyone to experience what uh, what we had here in, 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 in their city. Like, so whether it's whether it's the Revolution, whether it's uh, Phoenix Rising, whether it's Orange City um, I, I, FC, like, I, like it really doesn't matter. Like, I just want the game to grow. And I said, and of course, when the game grows, the culture grows, and and we're, we're everybody benefits from that. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the the New England Revolution. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that bomb ass jersey they dropped today on New Year's Day. You know what? Listen, Adidas, please, like, 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 terminate your contract with MLS. Free MLS, like, uh, these bomb ass jerseys, these throwaway jerseys. Like, I'm tired of that shit. Like, the Revs dropped this jersey, and they had audacity to like just flash it. Like that shit was fresh, man. No, like Adidas, please, in 2019, let us free set us us free please i'll tell you one thing like you know it, it at least from what i've seen so far like you know like we we keep up with the leaks and everything like i honestly haven't seen one that i'm all that crazy about you know i've seen uh new york city's uh new home kid uh chicago fire has a new away kid and this is uh, uh the revs uh away kit and i'm just like mm. Ain't, ain't ain't nothing really to, to be like. Oh, that dog's hot, son. Like, nah. Like, I, I'm I'm good so far. So let's let's hope you know when uh, media day happens in in early March for MLS that they expose some nice 
some nice jerseys. Like, fingers Make it crossed. nice. Make it nice, like, man. I, it nice. I hope Atlanta, please, please, Adidas. Please, Adidas. Listen to me. I know you're seeing me. Some of y'all are my friends. You work for Adidas. Please don't fucking ruin Atlanta United jersey. Please don't ruin their kit. But please. 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 Hey, for, for the kids, man. For the culture. Hey, for the kids, for the culture. That's all I got, man. Anything else? Man, listen. Um, I just want to remind people that that Florida beat Michigan 41-15. <laughs> you know, hopefully, you know, Coach Tony will be back next week. And, he will, and you know, he can explain that what exactly happened there because, I mean, I, I'm just glad that Florida finally beat Michigan because, like, uh, we played them last year at the beginning of the season. And, like, every bowl game that we played, uh, we always lost. I'm like, yeah, like, it, it, it took the Gregor effect for Florida to finally finally win, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, it's what it is. But um, I, I think that at least for you know, we coach can, a little do this to you, man. Oh, I say he ain't here, so you got you got to eat all this. So, but uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, next week, I said he'll he'll be here. Be like, yo, like, hey, man, you know, I don't know what happened, cuz. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, shout shout out to um, the the coach because uh, yeah, he definitely hooked hooked, uh, hooked us up for um. On the on the tickets and uh, it was a good experience. Like it's it's so different watching a football game there compared to a soccer game. But God, it's it doesn't even compare. I'm yeah. like it's it's so chill. It's like first off you're sitting down and then <laughs> that's already weird. And then, full ninety and then just you know of course you hear the PA announcer when he's calling plays and I'm like. Yeah, this is just so. It's such a different vibe. It's like, gross. Uh, you know, it's but you know, it's different. You know, hopefully. I mean, like you know, to each his own. But I'm like, yeah, like uh, give give me give me the home team at the bins any any time of the day, and that shit will be lit, guaranteed. But, yeah. You know, I I think uh, you know I'm 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 good on football defense. Like I I'll, I'll go somewhere else for that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it, man. Hey, um. We appreciate y'all. Let them know where they can find us. Uh, of course, you can always find us on social media at FTC, UTD, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We ain't fucking with, with Snapchat. Fuck that shit. Fuck that. Um, don't forget to subscribe. You know, we're available pretty much on all the major podcast apps. So, like I said, if there's one app that you that you just really, really want to hear us on and, and we ain't on there, let us know. We'll try to hook that up. As soon as possible, but uh, you know, for at least for right now, for next week, go Gators for for Ringo, for Grego, for the absent coach Tony. Remember, it's for the culture, and we out. See, I'm